Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This week, my guest is Cesar Quintero, and he is an author, he's a coach, he's a mentor, he's a serial entrepreneur. He does it all. Welcome, Cesar. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me here. Great. So, Cesar, t- tell me what got you into business to begin with? Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Venezuela, and uh, I graduated as a process engineer and worked in Procter & Gamble for a couple of years. But then Venezuela was down, going down the socialist route. And, uh, you know, in 2003, I decided to get married, move to Miami and start a business all at the same time. Because, you know, that's what we do when we're 23. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no stress at all. There's no stress <laughs> and no risk there. Right. So it's like I'm like, you know what? I'm moving to a new country. And then, you know, I had a long term girlfriend. I had to move. And then, you know, so, and then what am I going to do there? I'm going to start right. a business. I saw this opportunity. So I, and actually I started a business in an industry I had no idea about. It was in the food industry. So my first business was fit to go. We cooked and delivered meal to people in their office mm-hmm. uh, on a daily basis. And now, now that's a common thing today, but in 2003, that was yeah, free no. Uber Eats, free Facebook, free Google maps. So we I had, we delivered 1500 meals a day in my company and we had no Google maps back then. Wow. Right. So imagine, imagine having that. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I went door to door and convinced people it was convenient to have your meals delivered kind of thing. But, you know, we were first in market. So when the market started growing, the convenience, the healthy in Miami, you know, I I, I kind of got into the wave um, and the business started growing and growing, growing. And the what I realized is the more people I had, the more customers I had, the more my life became complicated. Right. So as an right. entrepreneur, a lot of times I was I was growing and I, I you start a business thinking that you're going to be, you know, this, you're, you're, you're not in a job, you're in the freedom. And you right. realize that you quit a 40 hour job in order to work a hundred hour job and get paid less. Right. So right. that's kind of what entrepreneurship is about. So I was, I was really frustrated. It got me to a point where, you know, um, in 2012, I'd been in business almost eight, nine years and, uh, you know, and, and I got hit with a class action lawsuit and I was, a fifth company targeted by an attorney and a woman. And, you know, the woman told me to my face, she had already bankrupted two companies. And so I I took it personally, you know, I was like, I'm doing everything right. I'm going to prove that I'm, I'm fine. So I went down the whole rabbit hole of the, you know, (laughs) the legal system here in America. And, um, you know, it it was, it was, it was pretty towing because, you know, I remember that was 2011, 2012. And, um, it was Black Friday of 2012 where, uh, you know, everybody was out shopping and I had zero dollars in my personal account, zero dollars in my business account. Right. And all of my energy had gone into proving that I was right, going through all the depositions, all the things, all the thought, thought and, and, and the business plateaued and my energy was in different things. And like, I wasn't putting the energy I needed to where I needed to. We eventually settled. But what I realized right there as well, you know, and she got 
the minimum required. Her attorney got a ton of money. My attorney right. got a ton of money. You know how that is. Every, all oh, the yeah. attorneys got a, yep. got all the money. We 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 just didn't get anything. But um, what I realized was the resentment I had towards my business. It wasn't giving me what I wanted. It wasn't. You know, I, I never imagined that eight years, nine years in business would result in nothing. Right. Um, so, so I, I knew something had to change, right? My, my, and and that's when you know that was December of 2012. I decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the way I'm doing things. I'm not showing up right. So I went through a purpose discovery uh, with Simon Sinek before he was Simon Sinek a little bit, but you know, I went through that and understood my purpose and my why. Um, I opened the books. I, I got my team together and I said, guys, we're not going to make it. Like if we want to do this, we all need to do this together. And, you know, I'm talking to, you know, back in that time, it was $10 an hour people, cooks, drivers, um, you know, people, you know, office admins. And it was like, how can we all together build a better business and be more financial savvy so that we can really pay the attorneys and do all these things that we need to do? Because right now, if I continue the path I'm going, we can't make it. Right. And just opening that to my team was so liberating and, and they took so much ownership and it gave us a mission and we were able to pay off the attorneys within one year. Wow. We quadrupled in profit, doubled in revenue by just aligning the whole team on one mission. And it was crazy. And, 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 you know, understanding my purpose, opening the books up and talking about finances openly with the team and them taking ownership of that also creating bonus structures and things, but also like we implemented a, a system called EOS, which is the entrepreneurial operating system, which helped us also decentralize myself and all my decision-making into my team so that they were empowered to have their KPIs and have the goals and have the things. And everybody, we shifted our culture to a culture of accountability versus dependability on me as the owner, right? So I think all of those things together helped us get to a different level in the company. And after that, like the, the company just kept scaling and scaling and scaling. And it had very little to do with me. Right. And th that that's what I think was the biggest issue I had is I thought the whole business was around me and my decision-making and my leadership and the right. way I do things. And, you know, and, you know, Gary, I know you're great in finances and taxes and CPA and all this. I'm terrible at that. Right. But I was overseeing every financial decision in my company. Because right. everybody kept telling me that as the owner, I had to, but right. I'm terrible at it. So I'm one of those that would go online and look at my bank account, be like, oh, I need to pay this or I need to pay that, right? So so it was it was hard. And, and what I realized is I needed a shift. I needed a change. So I added all these things and that's what created a lot of the results that we had in the first company. So, Well, the big thing that, that you're, you're saying all this and basically that's telling me you went from owning a job to now owning a business a hundred percent you know and i think that that's that that is something that um that all of us you know when we first start out we think our egos get in the way yeah we think that we have to do everything so forth and so on as compared to if we properly hire and like you're saying empower the people that are working with us to do their jobs we can remove ourselves from the business. And yes, everybody may not have the exact vision that we do, but they'll be able to actually take the business and move forward. And then at that point, we own a business, not a job. A hundred percent. I I like to say that, you know, just because you start a business doesn't make you the person that needs to do everything there. Right. But even worse, 
sometimes you don't even need to have a job there, right? So, because a lot of times we start a business, but we're yeah, we're not the good fit for the role. So why right. are we taking this role, right? So yeah, right. I mean, yeah. there's so many times I know that 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 from my side of things, lots of times there's that plumber or that electrician or or the attorney or whoever that is very good at doing their that that job, their that skill that they have. And because of that, they open up their own business. And like you said, they don't know anything about marketing. They don't know anything about taxes, bookkeeping, et cetera. Um, and they just they just go. And yeah. the, the problem that I see, and I think all of us need to kind of have that reality check sometimes, is that um you know they don't you know using a football analogy they they don't know how to block and tackle hmm. so they don't know the basics yeah um that's something where you know with your book the profit recipe i mean talk about that because you kind of get back to the basics with that to tell tell the business owners hey look even though you you're already there go back and let's look at this because then it's going to be more freeing to you yeah well, and that's a funny story how I got to write that book because yeah, I go through this right with fit to go and I'm like learning. It took me, you know, it took me eight years to hit the million dollar in revenue. Then it took me, you know, nine, 10 years to realize that I'm, I'm the issue in my own company. Right. And then it took me, you know, like, and then I sold it eventually in 2016. And what I realized then is like, okay, now, now what? Right. So while I, while while the team was taking on all these things. I started a software company on the side. I started, you know, uh, uh, helping restaurant owners on how to start delivery and not, not get hit with the, you know, the Uber rates and all these things. And, you know, so like, that's what got me into a little bit of the coaching and the learning and the speaking and doing all these things. But what I realized is that, you know, and this is why the, the profit recipe, the book is all based on the, on the flywheel for the entrepreneur. And it really talks about five stages. And if you look at my story, I went through all five stages, right? I started as a startup. Then I realized leader by design is all about realizing what type of leader you need to be. Then from understanding what type of leader you are, then you build the right team. So team by design is creating the right framework and teamwork outside externally and internally, right? So that then you can run a business by design, which is a business that doesn't run with, with you. You know, it can run without you. And then that leads you to life by design, which is the fifth stage, right? So you go from startup to leadership, to team, to business by design, to life by design. But then usually when you hit that milestone and you're like, okay, the business doesn't need me. Um, I, what do I need to do? Then you start up another company and that hits you right. back to startup. So that's why it's a Jim Collins flywheel term, right? Where the first time it's really hard to push it around, but then the second time, third time, it makes it a lot easier and I think one of the biggest issues I had with selling my first company is that it was so, it was such a, my identity, right? right? It was my baby. I couldn't, and my, my CPA, my, my accountant, everybody's like, Caesar, you're not putting any energy into this. Let the company thrive with another new manager because I was distracted with other two businesses that I was passionate right. about. So I wasn't letting the business be the best it could be because I was attaching it to myself. And what I realized is we created this, five-step stage step, right? And that's what the book is all about is how do we go from one stage to the other? Because in entrepreneurial true fashion, we are building all these stages at the same time, right? right? It's like the stages of grief. 
It's not like you go through each stage one at a time. Right. It's just, it's all happening. And entrepreneurship is messy and we're just doing it. But how can we really evolve from each of these stages and really get to the next stage at a good level, right? And that's what happened. So eventually in 2020, I started a consulting business um, where we have, you know, the largest EOS world um, uh, firm in the world um, where we help companies implement these systems. So everything I've experienced since I start up to leader, to team, to business, to life and purpose, I integrate into a system that we can help business owners and teams, you know, build a business that they wanted to build and, and really fall back in love with their business is what I like to say, because most of us start a business because we want to be happy, but we end up resenting the business and the lives because of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we, cause we, we do, I mean, and, and you're hundred percent right before we had the 40 hour a week job. Now it's 80 to a hundred hours and we're making a hell of a lot less than we did yeah. before. And we have a lot more stress and everything else. Yeah. Um, now, what are you telling people now? Because I mean, you're know, part of part of this 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 wheel is hiring the right team. Yes. Everybody, I mean, everybody is having problems hiring people. Um, because obviously, depending on what that role is, if it's in person, if it's not in person, um, if there needs to be somebody physically in the office, and it just seems like everybody right now is having issues finding their team. Yeah. Um, and if they do, these people want astronomical salaries. They want, you know, three months of vacation. They want, you know, fully funded 401k. They want their health insurance pay. They want all of these things that as a small business is very difficult to be able to, um, to give them. Yeah. I mean, what what advice are you giving these companies that you guys are consulting for and finding their team? Yeah, as part of our as part of our, our flywheel and, and the system we implement, the first the first thing we look at is what is the ideal structure for you to scale? What is the structure, like people structure, right? Not, right. not product service market fit. It's what is the people structure, right? Who needs to sit where? What is this current structure? Where do we need to be a year from now? And how do we get there? So because a lot of us, we like to throw people at problems and sometimes we don't need to, right? So right. there's a lot of things that how can we create a structure that makes sense and then start understanding who do we have in our company? Who do we not? And then who do we need to plug in that are right people in the right seats is, you know, a, a Jim Collins um, famous phrase, right? So we need people who fit our values and who also know how to do the job well. So that would be number one is really understanding who we need. Because okay. a lot of times we just want people because things are too busy and we need more people. People aren't at capacity. Right. And, you know, a lot of times it's just lack of accountability or lack of transparency or lack of you know understanding of what the job entails. And some people get love living behind the mess. What do you right. do? Oh no, you get so much. I do so much. Yeah, yeah. But tell me in a piece of paper, what do you do? Like, right. what is it that you do? No, it's too much. And I, if you let me go, everything's gonna fall apart and nobody's gonna be able to. Do yeah, I know but just tell me what you do. And a lot of people like to live in that mess, right? So right. once you bring accountability, transparency and structure, it creates a clarity of who we really need and where do they need to sit. So that would be number one, have clarity right. of what your people structure looks like and who do you really need and who's not at capacity? Who can I add at capacity? Who can I shift? Who can I change? Where, can, where should they sit, right? Where should they sit? Then the second piece is really, and this is the reality in, in the entrepreneurial world is, 
We need to sell the hell out of a person to take a pay cut, but at the same time, have the passion to work like an owner, right? Because that's the reality in the entrepreneurial world is you want somebody to earn less, but work more. Right. And the reality is people are willing to do that, especially nowadays. Millennials, millennials, they're willing to do that if you have the right cause, if you have the right why, if you have the right values, if you have the right environment where they can see themselves and us as CEOs, as owners, entrepreneurs, we need to sell that vision to them. We need to sell them, come and pay, take a pay cut because you can be part of something bigger. You can be part of something better. And the only way to do this is to have clarity of vision, understanding who we are, how we do things and how we attract people. And the reality is, you know, companies that have clarity of this, they never have a shortage. I have a, I have a client, they, they do a swim school. They're all students, part-timers, and like what they compete with McDonald's and all these, you know, right. $15 an hour jobs because they're, they're part-timers or students or young, they're flaky, right? Is, is right. what people are saying right now. The reality is she has 90% retention because she has a culture that matters. People want to work her. She has a wait list of people wanting to work in her company. How can you be that in your field? Right? Right now in the in the finance world, it's impossible to get CPAs and accountants right now. It's yeah. a shortage, but yeah. they're they're there. It's just that am I attracting them? Or right. am I just like everybody else? And I think a lot of times we forget that we market a lot to our customers. We cater a lot to our customers. We have a messaging and the branding and the marketing, but we we also need to do that internally too, right? We need to stand out as an employer. We need to brand as an employer. We need to we need to attract people who align that vision. And that's our job, right? As an entrepreneur, I'm like, let's be part of this. Let's grow together. And that that's really the way you attract and retain people is if you really involve them in the mission. That's, I mean, you know, you saying that and it's kind of getting a little aha moment here, you know, because you're right. I mean, so many times when we're trying to get, um, you know, I'm trying to get a new, a new business to let us, you know, be their, their um, accountants, tax, tax planners, et cetera. You know, we're kind of pulling out all the stops, telling them how great and wonderful we are and everything else. But when we go to sell a job to somebody, we're not doing a great job of telling them what our why is mm -hmm. and what we're doing and all the extracurriculars and the community involvement that we're doing and, and you know, social media and everything else. We're just talking about, oh, this is the job. The job. This is a role. Yeah. I'm giving yeah. you a 401k. Why are you, why are you not? Because 401k is too long away. I need right. something now. We need to understand who we're talking to, right? So, right. so it's all about, you know, really, really selling that and having clarity of it, you know? Yeah. So I've already, I mean, I can probably answer this question on my own, but I'm going to ask you in anyway. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you're seeing business owners make, uh, you know, with their businesses? Let, let's first take the startup, but then let's also talk about a more seasoned business, one that's been around for, for 20 years. I think this applies to both actually. And what I see the most, so I, I personally believe entrepreneurship changes the world. It's mm -hmm. not about the governments. It's not about the big companies. It's not about, you know, nonprofits. They, they're big organizational things. We entrepreneurs and, and, and small businesses are hiring most of the people in this country. We have the closest yeah. impact 
to communities and to people and to really making a difference in people's lives. Like if we wait for government to solve this, if we wait for the big companies to solve this, this will never happen. So I believe that's true, but that's only true if the entrepreneur is really spending the time and energy and what they're great at and what they love to do. Because if not, you're creating a black hole, right? Right. So where I was, right? I I resented my company. I hated everything I did. My energy went down. All my team members, you know, when, when the leader's down, Team oh, members yeah. don't care. I'm, they steal, they borrow, they do. If, if the owner doesn't care, I don't care either. And what I realized is that my energy was always involved in things that weren't aligned with my superpowers, weren't aligned with my with my purpose, with my values, with what I wanted from the business. And once I, I clicked and I said, you know what? I'm going to stop focusing on my product, on my profits, on my things, because I'm a people guy, right? That's why I love coaching. I love mentoring. I love all these things because I'm a people guy. Right. And I love empowering people. So I can't be a coach right now because I have a business. I can't do what I, what I want to do, but I can coach my team. So I can shift my role within my company to align with what I love to do. And then delegate all the rest because I was just miserable doing all the rest. And other people are better at me and doing it anyway. Right. So that's when I shifted that. And I say most of the mistakes most owners and entrepreneurs are having right now is really understanding what their superpower is and focusing all their attention and just making sure that they're in it at least 80% of their time doing what they love to do with, with what they're great at. Because if not, then we're just missing out on that superpower. Yeah. Now, when you say that they're in it, what do you mean by that they're in it? They're in it like in the business or in, in it? Well, it just, I mean, you, you, you made the statement that, that the owner has to be in it. So In flow, right? And in, in the part of doing the things they love to do, doing what they're great at, really, and, and really being in, I call it in flow, right? You, right? you want somebody to be in constant flow where your energy is always being fed and it doesn't feel like you're working. It's just your natural state. It's where you're you're gravitating towards and, you're, and then you're great at. And you want your team to be in state of flow too. They need to be great at what they do and love what they do. And then when that happens, just abundance is, you know, it's all co-elevation. Everybody's elevating together because everybody's just in the same, you know, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to sound a, a mushy word, the frequency, right? The energy right. is there, and the, but that's palpable. It's real, you know? Right. Right. I, the, the, the reason why I wanted you to, to, to point that out is because so many times when people, you know, the, there, there's always the saying, Hey, you know, you got to work your on your business instead of in your business, in the business. Yeah. But, but again, you can still work in your business doing the things that you like and so forth. And then also another thing that you said that that I really want to pull out um, because I found this later on in, in my career as business owner is finding what your employees like. Yeah. Put them because, you know, I had ones where I hired them for a certain thing and then found out that they didn't like that. So yeah. I showed them something, a, a different thing that they could do. And they fell absolutely in love with it. And they accelerated in that, you know, so that opens up to, to find something. Else. But I think that that's, um, you know, something that's important. Because sometimes, you know, when we're hiring people, sometimes people are taking the job because they need a job. They just need a job. Yeah. You know, so I think it's it's important to pay attention to your team and see what does motivate them. And then 
try to find things that, you know, because again, there's going to be stuff that none of us like to do, but we have 100%. to do it. Yeah, yeah. And the, the lower you go on the things. totem pole, you know, the more tactical the work, the more thing. But there's people that love balancing books. I would right. die if I balance yeah. a book, right? So, right. so it's like you can always find people who like to do certain things and are more in flow, and it's more about what they what they love to do, right? And 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 do those things. But a hundred percent, it's not only me as the entrepreneur or the owner; it's all my team members. I need to make sure that my my team is empowered to be in flow as well. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, so much of that, and then you can probably really see anytime you walk into a company, and I don't care where it's at. You can walk in and you can just see how the person's acting, where you may have some people that are just zipping around the office and happy as can be and so forth. And then you have those other people that are, you know, like grandpa trying to shuffle from his his couch chair to the bathroom, just kind of shuffling along. And, you know, obviously that person isn't happy, um, you know, type thing. And, and I think that that as the general public sees that, then they kind of start thinking differently about, about your business. Yeah. You know, so I, I think what, what you're really saying there resonates so much, not just internally, but externally also. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I agree. So shift a little bit here. Um, obviously you said you're from Venezuela um, originally. So your program that you have, even though you're here in the U S is not just English. You have it in multiple different languages that, that you guys help people in. Yeah, well, yeah, we have uh, the Profit Recipe. So the firm, we have, a, I would say like 20% of our clients are in Latin America because we're in Miami. So right. we're based in Miami. So we're kind of the capital of Latin America. Yep. So so we have 20% of our clients are, are in Latin America, but then the, the most of our clients are here in the US and they go the gambit. It's usually, you know, 10 people and, you know, 10 people in a company, you know, law firms, CPA firms that are three, four, five people in the company. And they, they're looking right. to scale. They're looking to grow to, you know, large corporate divisions. We got Crocs and Duracell and we had, we had like, you know, 10 publicly traded companies, but then my passion is really on the, on, on, on the, on the, the smaller businesses really making that impact and growing because uh, that's where you can really see the impact. And, you know, in, in the corporate world, it's all about the talk and the politics right, and the thing. Right. That's not where we like to be. We like to be in, in dynamic entrepreneurial companies that really can affect and, and, and drive impact. And I see, I see companies in six months, night and day, right. And they, they, right. they achieve more things that they have in their whole history as a company in six months in a year because of the power of focus and energy and, you know, and, 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 and team health. Right. I mean, the reason why I was pointing out that, that, you know, you, you um, have multilingual is because there are going to be those business owners that, that may have a business that um, they may be English speaking, but yeah. their staff, um their team may not be so yep. this, it, this could be also another good way to help yep. um you know your business can help them be able to communicate with their staff and trying to reach the goals and objectives that 100 percent. yeah and it's, it's something funny we say but we speak all of the florida language so we speak english spanish french and uh russian so we have right. those four languages covered in the firm uh, all fluently and native so that's right, that's awesome right. <laughs> that's funny 
So Caesar, I could go on and on because I think you know what you do is is fascinating. Um, you know, in all of the stuff that I've looked at and and with your book, um, again, it makes you kind of step back and think. It's like okay, you know, I I ran into this as being a CPA and you know doing things, and it's like now you know it's like okay, that was fine before when it was just me. But as you grow and you have staff and things like that, I think sometimes um, we just get so busy that we don't focus on these things. And sometimes we got to take a step back. So, um, you know, I appreciate, you know, certainly what you do and, and certainly appreciate your book. Um, what have I not asked you that you wish I had? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to right. say. I mean, because there's again, there's so many things that we could, you know, that yeah, we, we could, could dive about. into. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I think that um, you know, if if any of the listeners, um, you know, and, and again, I haven't gotten through the book, um, but you know, some of this stuff with the flywheels and the things like that are just, I mean, to me are are kind of fascinating and and didn't think of it that way, you know. So I, you know, that that that's something you know, especially, um, I get, tell, tell us if, if the listeners like what they hear, they want to reach out to you, they want to get your book. Um, how can they do any of this? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's the website is the profit or my personal website where you see everything else I do is Quintero, Quintero So it's my name spelled backwards. So last name, first name.com. And right. that's, um, that's other, the other place where they can find me. Great. Great. Caesar, I really appreciate your time. I know I've gotten a lot out of, of our talk today. I know the listeners have, so I really appreciate your time today. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Sure. Great. Thank you. Hey, this week, our guest was Caesar Quintero, who's author, coach, mentor, Sarah Altenpreneur, and just all-around good guy. I will see you guys next week. 49 faces look to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.